Hey, God bless you today. Appreciate you so much. We're going to be turning into a verse of scripture here in Jonah chapter 1. And at the end of the service, we're going to receive communion. And I love Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the of the year. And uh, we're going to get together and hang out with our, our family and hang out with our friends on Thursday. And then uh, I know a lot of you a little bit later is going to go knock yourself out at Walmart or some other uh, Black Friday destination. And so hope you get everything you want uh, for Black Friday or whatever you want to call Thursday night, whatever you want to call that, your post-Thanksgiving dinner shopping trip. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 1, listen to this. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. He said, get up, go to the city of Nineveh, Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the, its people are. But Jonah got up. He went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket. He went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. I want to talk to you today about being thankful for mercy. Now, uh, this Thursday, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, and it's a day, it's a time where we thank God for all of his blessings, and we thank God for all of his provisions. There was, I know that we live in a, in a very politically correct uh, time and generation. A fourth grader wrote this very political politically correct essay about Thanksgiving. She said this, the pilgrims came to the new world seeking freedom of you know what. When their ship landed at Plymouth Rock, they gave thanks to you know who. And because of them, we can worship each Sunday, you know where. Hey, this Thursday, whenever we have time to get together and to be thankful and to be grateful, I want you to remember this, that it wasn't just you know what or you know who, but it was God. It was God the Father that sent the Son. And, and so we're, we just thank God for all of his blessings, and we thank God for all of his benefits. And it wouldn't be thanksgiving without recognizing the hand and the blessing of God in everything in our life. God told a man by the name of, of, of Jonah to go to a city uh, called Nineveh. It didn't make any sense to Jonah why that God would even care about the people of Nineveh because the people of Nineveh were not God's chosen people. Their lifestyle did not match the commandments and the word of God. Jonah didn't think that the pagans deserved the mercy of God. There's a lot of times that God's mercy doesn't make sense to me. But God is a merciful God. And many times we make judgments and assumptions about people because we want to pick and choose who God shows mercy and who God shows grace on. But that is not up to you and I to determine because God is a merciful God. And many times God's mercy and many times God's grace does not make sense. God's mercy is not contingent on my opinion. 
God does not ask me for permission whom he's going to have mercy and whom he's going to have grace on. Rather, God is not willing that any would, any would perish, but God is willing that all would come and find eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. God is a merciful God. God doesn't talk to the pastor or the church board member to, to get their opinion on who he should show kindness and mercy on. Because the Bible tells us this in Romans chapter 9, verse 16. It is God who decides to show mercy. We can never choose it. We can neither choose it nor work for it. You see, Jonah did not want any part in the mercy of God. He didn't want any part in the grace of God. Why? Because these were pagan people. And Jonah said these pagan people don't deserve the, the, the mercy of God. I, I can't understand why that God is such a loving God, but he is. When I look at my own life, he saved me. He was willing to reach out for me. Many years ago, my father was involved in a prison ministry. At the time, my dad was only probably about 20 years old. And he was involved in a prison ministry. I was talking to my mom about this. And she said he wasn't going and preaching in the prison, but he was actually going and visiting people in the prison. And he said, uh, your dad heard that there was an individual that was in prison uh, that had uh, killed his best friend. And so dad went to the prison, and he met this gentleman, and uh, he began to talk to him about his life story, and he, his name was Harry Cole. And Harry Cole told my father, he said, my friend and I, he said, my best friend and I went to a tavern one night just to have a couple drinks. And we'd gone there many times, and so we went there, and he said, we had a couple drinks, and we were enjoying ourselves. And finally, uh, we, and we started getting a little bit drunker and a little bit drunker. We got into an argument. We, we, we got angry at one another. He said, I got so mad. He said, I left that bar. He said, I went home. I got a gun. I came back to, the bar, to that bar, and I killed my best friend. He did not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, Harry Cole. He went, he was sitting in a jail cell knowing that he had a life sentence over his head. But in that jail cell, God began to deal with Harry Cole. I can't understand about the mercy of God. Because here was a man by the name of Harry Cole, and he had taken the life of a, of a woman's husband. All right? He had taken the life of the father of children that needed a father. But God in a jail cell, God began to deal with this individual. And God began to shine his mercy down on him. And in that jail cell, God spoke to him and dealt with him. And he knelt and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. There's a lot of times that the mercy and grace doesn't make any sense to me. And the mercy and grace didn't make any sense to Jonah. He said, these people don't deserve grace and mercy. Harry went on, spent several years in prison. He was serving a life sentence. Eventually, he was paroled. He left that prison. God called him into ministry. He became a pastor. God dealt with him. Became a pastor. He wanted to tell other people about the grace and the mercy of God. And he began to preach the salvation of Jesus Christ, how the other people could be set free. 
God's mercy and grace is not contingent on my opinions, but rather God will show mercy to who he decides to show mercy. Jonah didn't want a part in sharing God's mercy with the pagan people. He ran from God. He got into a ship. He went in the opposite direction for Nineveh. And here's what God did. He sent a mighty storm to to derail Jonah's hate. And so Jonah said this, I'll hide in the hull of the ship. He went down there. He hid in the hull of the ship. He thought that no one would know what he did. And so the sailors got together. They were trying to figure out the reason for the storm. And they found Jonah asleep in the hull of that ship. And they began to question him. They said, why is this storm coming? Jonah said, listen. He said, I'm running from God. And that is the reason for for the storm. And if you'll throw me overboard... He said the storm will stop. The, the, the sailors said, that's, that's ridiculous. We're not going to throw you overboard. So Jonah kept talking to them. Jonah chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Then the sailors picked Jonah up. They threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Here was Jonah. He was thrown into the sea. He was treading water, trying to save his own life. He knew that he was getting ready to drown. Maybe you're here today, and you've been treading water. Maybe you're here this morning, and your life is a des- in a def- desperate situation. You don't know what you're going to do, and you're sinking in a sea of misery. You're tossed on the sea of life. You're hoping that you don't sink. And right now, there's a lot of people today that are content treading water. They're content barely making it. They're content barely surviving. But you cannot live and be in good health. You cannot live emotionally and spiritually just treading water. But rather, God wants to save your life. God wants to save your soul. You see, Jonah knew that he could only tread water for so long. And finally, the scripture tells us that Jonah sank into the depths of the sea. He thought that his life was ending, but God had a plan for Jonah. And I'll tell you this today, that you might be treading water, you might be sinking in a sea of misery, but God has got a plan for your life. Like Harry Cole, God had a plan for his life. And God hasn't forgot about you yet. And God knows your name. And God cares about you. And Jonah felt his his life slipping away from him. He sincerely cried out to God. He repented in his disobedience. And praise God, God saved him today. You know, often when we're we're living in sin, often when when we're in disobedience, how many of you guys got friends and family that you're praying for right now? You got loved ones, you're praying for them. You're calling their name out in prayer. You're burdened for the condition of their soul. And we're praying for our friends. We're praying for our family member to be saved. We're praying for a mom. We're praying for a dad. We're praying for our children to be saved. Often people pray for us. Maybe there's someone that's praying for you today. Maybe there's someone that's loved ones that are praying for you, family members that's praying for you, a husband. 
that's praying for you, a wife that's praying for you, a child that's praying for you. Listen, other people can pray for us, but only you can pray the prayer of repentance. Only you can call out to God. And that's exactly what Jonah did. Jonah had to call out to God for himself. You see, repentance is a matter of choice. Repentance is a matter of your own free will. We, we decide for ourselves. God will not force us to repent. God will not force us to live for him. God will not force us to serve him. But rather, it's a, it's a matter of our own heart. It's a, it's a matter of our own choice. And today you might be here and you might be sinking into the depths of sin. But like Jonah, you can call upon the name of the Lord God for mercy and forgiveness and salvation. Jonah chapter 117 says this. Now the Lord had arranged for a great ship to, for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and, and three nights. God answers our prayer for, for mercy. God answers, listen to this. God answers prayer in spite of your guilt. God answers prayer in spite of impossible circumstances. You say, I, I'm in such a mess, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of it. Listen, Jonah was, had been swallowed by a great fish. He was living in, 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 uh, inside of that well for three days, inside of that great, great fish for three days. It was a horrible place to be. He didn't know how God was going to deliver him. You might be in an impossible situation, but God answers prayer in spite of guilt, in spite of impossible circumstances, God answers at the right time. And it's a process. Jonah was in an uncomfortable place, but there was a process. And many times the process is uncomfortable. There's a lot of times we find ourselves in a mess, and there are consequences that come from bad decisions. There's consequences that come from poor choices today. But God brings us out from all of these things in just the right time, in just the right place. God shows mercy. You say, why would God be such a merciful God? Because the reason God is such a merciful God is he wants us to be merciful toward other people. If we realize this, God saved me. And God loved me, and if he was willing to do that for me, then he can do that for that person that I think is unlovable. He can do that for that person that I think is, is unworthy today. There, you see, my friend, there's none righteous, no, not one. And we've all got faults, and we've all got failures, and we've all been disobedient to God. We've all known guilt. We've all known shame, but at, shame, but at just the right time, God shines his light on us today. Praise God. God. God forgives. God forgives. This morning, Jonah, let, let, me, let me describe it like this. Jonah had been caught red-handed in his sin. You ever been caught red-handed? Your, your, your mom and dad caught you red-handed. Somebody, somebody caught you in the, in the middle of your sin. They caught you. Maybe your employer caught you stealing. Okay? Let's get real today. All right? You got fired from a job. Somebody caught you. Your neighbor caught you. Somebody caught you cheating. Somebody, Jonah had been caught red-handed, but God was a merciful God in spite of getting caught red-handed, that God was a merciful God. 
His life was in a total shambles. He was in an impossible situation, but God showed up at just the right time today. God showed up in his mercy. He sank into the depths of the ocean, but God made a way of escape. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Here's what Jonah did. He repented, and then he praised God. Forgiven people are thankful people. And I believe that Jonah celebrated Thanksgiving in the belly of that big fish. He celebrated the the blessings of God. He celebrated this fact that God had saved his life. He was thankful today. He was thankful because God was patient with him. He was thankful because God had not forgotten about him. And this morning, I I want to encourage you that God has not forgot about you today. That God knows who you are and God is willing to save your life like he saved Harry Cole's life. He was thankful in the belly of that big fish because God had not written him off and God was not finished with him yet. And God had a plan and God was still working in his life. This Thursday is going to be Thanksgiving. And we're going to celebrate. I I think that Thanksgiving, I saw a deal that said, uh, uh, you know, Thanksgiving shouldn't be one day a year. Thanksgiving ought to be 365 days a year. Can I get a witness? We ought to be thankful every day. My my daughter and son-in-law's got a, they got a deal up in their house. And it says, when you walk in their living room, it says, start every day with gratitude. Your whole attitude would change if, if you would start every day with Thanksgiving. You say, well, what in the world do I have to be thankful for? Listen, you still got life and you still got breath and God's not done with you yet. You say, well, I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of difficulties. Start, start every day with thanksgiving. Start every day, every day with, with gratitude. God has, God has put family in your life. God has put friends in your life today. If you've been saved, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, we've got, we got a lot to be thankful for. Thanksgiving should be part of every day of our life. It's it's not just a holiday, but rather it's an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of the soul. And gratitude and thanksgiving will heal your emotions. You know, if you'll learn to be thankful. If you're married, learn to be thankful, okay? If you're single, learn to be thankful, all right? If you're a mother or father, learn to be thankful, Wherever we're at, whatever the condition of our life, wherever we're living, learn to be thankful. If you got a job, be thankful. If you're retired, be thankful. Okay? Wherever we're at, if you got a bowl of beans, be thankful for it. No matter where we're at, that we are thankful. It's a condition. Gratitude and thanksgiving will bring healing to our emotions. Gratitude and thanksgiving will change your life. There's a study that, that, that showed that gratitude is one of the most healthy emotional conditions that we can have gratitude. Because you see, a thankful person won't stay discouraged. Hey, we all get discouraged. Every once in a while, we all get a little bit depressed. Can I get a witness? All right, it happens. It happens. But a thankful person won't stay discouraged. A thankful people won't, 
person won't stay depressed. I, I was talking to my mom, and I probably told you this before. My mom, a single parent, raising three kids that weren't very good. Okay, I was one of them. My mom was never never sat around discouraged. My mom never sat around depressed. And I asked my mom, I said, I don't know how you did it. I know we didn't have a lot of money. I know it was a challenging time that we were living in. I don't know how you did it. You always had a smile on your face, Mom. How'd you do it, Mom? I said, tell me the secret to your success. Tell me the secret to your happiness. She said, Bobby, I knew things couldn't get any any worse. <laughs> I knew they could only go up. I, I, there was no going down. It was only going up. All right? You might, be, you might feel like you're at rock bottom. Say, what do I have to be thankful for? We can't go any lower. There's only one way, and that's up. All right? Gratitude and thanksgiving. It's not a holiday. It's an attitude. If you will learn the secret of contentment, the Bible says this, that godliness with a contentment is great gain. You say, I wish I had $100. I wish I had $1,000. I wish I had a million dollars. It doesn't make any difference. If you're not content, if you've got no gratitude, it's never going to be enough. But if we are content and we're grateful and we're thankful, it'll always be enough. As we learn to count our blessings and say, God, you have blessed me. You have saved my soul. You have put my life. I didn't deserve mercy. You know, Facebook's a wonderful thing. I'm constantly finding old friends and old acquaintances. All kinds of things. All kinds of people. Last night I was searching around Facebook. I found Harry Cole. My parents hadn't talked to him in 30 years. I found him on there. Preaching the gospel. Sharing sharing Bible verses. Talking about the goodness of God. Talking about the blessings of God. Talking about the great family that he had. Talking about the wonderful church that God gave him. Praise God. God makes all the difference in the world. You take a man, he was an, he was an alcoholic. He was bound by rage. He was bound by hate. But one day, praise God, Jesus Christ came in to his life. Set him free from all that stuff. Wiped it all away. Washed it all away. Set his feet in a whole new pathway. Made him a new creature in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Be thankful for the mercy of God. Be thankful for salvation. Be thankful for the peace that we have in the Lord today. We're blessed. We're blessed. Hey, turn to your neighbor and poke him and say, we're blessed. Turn to your husband and wife and say, we're blessed. God has put us together. Turn to the person next to you and say, well, I'm blessed today. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm alive. God's not done with me yet. God's got a plan for my life. God is working in my life.